0: So much chaos going on right now. Chaos, I love it. Sabrina. Anubis
1: Backwards. See what I did there? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anubis Backwards podcast. Today's episode is House of Risk, House of Thieves, and happy birthday on October 5th to Francis Incel, who plays. Poppy. Also, her birthday is October 5th, 1997. And for some reason, I thought she was younger than that.
0: Yeah, she's like your age, right? Because are you 97? Yeah. Oh, I'm
1: You're weird. younger than me, but not even like I was born in December of 96. Like I thought Poppy was like a middle schooler on the show, which is probably why I thought she was younger, because I was like a sophomore in high school during season two. And she would have been a freshman in high school. So actually, that makes sense. Because she probably was in about eighth grade when they filmed it.
0: Oh, that does check out. Yeah.
1: Happy 23rd birthday!
0: Happy birthday, Frances! Woo! We can't wait to talk about your character <laughs> yeah,
1: Hope everyone still likes you when you're 23. I don't know, 23 has
0: been weird for me. 23 for me was honestly not a good year, but you know what? I hope your
2: 23 is better than my I,
1: 23. I hope your 23 is better than my 23 when we've been covid
2: like it. I don't even remember my 23.
0: The highlight of being 23 for me was Mama Mia 2 coming out. That was basically.
2: <laughs> is, is that why I just associate Mamma Mia with you? Yeah, that was already- all I had
0: to live for in 2018.
1: The that highlight was... of me being 23 was um, January through early March of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I've been re-watching in this podcast.
2: <laughs> no, I don't remember 2016.
0: I had a good 2016. I was still in college.
1: I was still in college. I was, I was a freshman at the beginning of 2016.
0: Yeah, I was a junior... I went to LA 2016. That wasn't too bad. Anyway, that's anyway. not important to this
1: podcast. Oh my god. Right, I think it chaotic. is. We shouldn't be chaotic because we're filming this during the daytime.
0: We're sober today. <laughs> wow! Sober.
1: I'm having coffee. I apologize for how drunk I was last episode. Um, yeah.
0: I, I had fun.
2: So. I had fun recording. And honestly, I had a great editing, time with Drunk Laura. <laughs> I think the episode was great. Drunk Laura is a hoot.
1: Okay, so let's get into the episode. This episode is very chaotic so I feel like we need to. Um, We open with Nina in Victor's office as Victor walks in. He closes his blinds and then goes to his safe with Nina watching him enter the password that she attempted to do unsuccessfully earlier. He holds and looks at the two ink pieces in his possession. Nina watches looking shocked.
0: There is no way that Victor could not see her in the office. (laughs) Like, that is probably one of the worst hiding (laughs) spots (laughs)
1: <laughs> i just had seen you play that twitter video of them all being really bad at hiding
0: <laughs> yes we we retweeted it on our twitter account it, if you haven't seen it it's hilarious i forgot who made it
2: but it was a good time
1: uh, go check out our twitter you can see someone made a video of all the anubis kids and see the one trying to hide and like how bad their hiding spots were and none of them getting caught for some reason and <laughs> one of them is the scene of nina Hiding two feet away from Victor's face and Victor conveniently doesn't see her.
2: <laughs> I pretend I do not see her. Victor just wants to give her a fighting chance, ma'am.
1: So at the school, the play goes on. Fabian's on stage doing his Victor impersonation and the crowd is booing. When he gets off stage, he asks Amber and Patricia if it's been any time Nina and they say no. Patricia asks Fabian if he thinks Nina will make it back on time and he says of course, but doesn't seem so sure.
2: Um, I said Fabian with the Air prop was hilarious. Like ten out of ten,
0: Fabian killed it. He was a great Victor.
2: I'm just saying that I we need Brad to play Fabian as Victor, For like Victor two point in the spinoff.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> like a a reversion of how many of us please cast Fabian as Victor. Also, um, so I tweeted something about how I know I talked about this before, but in Sarah Hogel's upcoming book that she's like having like a caretaker character and i tweeted something to the effect of like in my mind the caretaker is brad cabana and it's because <laughs> of these scenes and she loved <laughs> it so um sarah hogel cast brad cabana for the movie of your upcoming book whenever if that's a thing thank you that would be such brad a fun cabana time the grumpy caretaker more
2: <laughs> can't believe laura is single-handedly reviving brad scene career
1: <laughs> i'm like i yes. needs to be in this very specific movie of this book that hasn't even come out yet just because i'm picturing him yeah
0: because he hasn't really done anything since house of vanubis has he
1: no he has a band but like has he done any
2: acting yeah like acting he hasn't i thought i think i know he said he wanted to focus on his music just fair which like mad respect follow your dreams don't let your dreams be mean.
1: Focus on your music, but if you wanted to make a, like, slight exception for one acting role for this this movie or this book that hasn't come out...
0: Do it for us. <laughs> and then we could really have a uh, Book Co's Anubis Backwards crossover episode with Brad.
1: With Brad and Sarah Hogle!
0: <laughs> Eight people on one podcast. <laughs> <That fun>. We'll <was laughs>
1: chaotic thing.
0: In this scene... My only note was that I just laughed really hard at the crowd booing, because it was just, like, so not believable. (laughs) Like, they just had the extras sitting there being like, boo! And I was just like, this is so cringy.
1: So, then we cut to the stage again, and there was an explosion next to Mick and Mara and Patricia as, oh... There's explosion acts to Mick and Mara. Patricia as Anubis curses them and their children for disturbing her. And Mara begs for Anubis not to harm Sally.
2: Um, Patricia's acting in this play is just like I'm here for C because C's get degrees. vibe. She's just like vibing.
0: But like, also shout out to Jade though, because like Jade is a good actress, so she like managed to play like Patricia, who is not a good actress,
2: and like did a good job with it. I just called the Patricia C. Get Degrees
0: role. Um, I'm just really impressed by this drama department's budget because they apparently had enough money that they could have explosives on stage.
1: They got explosives on stage, but half their cast is going MIA, and they're cutting scenes in the middle of the play. What kind of production?
0: Is no wonder Jason's pissed. Like they probably had to spend a lot of money on this play. <laughs> so
1: much money on the explosives. Also, I don't know what Megan Mara's characters' names are. I don't know if they're literally just Robert Frobisher Smythe. Like I don't know. So I'm just calling them Mick and Mara, but they're obviously in character when I mention them for the next, like, ten minutes.
0: I don't know if they were given names. Mr. Sally and Mrs. Sally. (laughs) Yes.
1: Mr. Sweet Spots Ruth is at the front of the audience and informs Miss Andrew, saying, The Betrayer is back among us. She asks if it's definitely him and he replies with I'll handle this and gets up.
2: Uh Mr. Sweet in the scene is hilarious because he's just like he's just like <laughs> looking around and then he's like ah
1: Then on stage Anubis also curses the camel.
2: RIP the lost camel. You were found this just part- long enough to get cursed.
1: What does the camel do to Anubis?
0: <laughs> I know. This friend sent me. I was like, why'd they kill the camel? It's not just the camel, it's the
2: lost camel.
1: I know. A camel.
2: What the fuck, Nina? Like you wrote this play. Why'd you kill the camel?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I <did> nothing wrong.
2: <laughs> Nina Martin said, "No camel rights."
1: Back at the house, Victor is frustrated as to why there are only two ang pieces. Saying about one of them, I thought this was the one and only. Then he receives a phone call from Mister Sweet about Rufus, and Victor says, "I shall eliminate the target for good this time." Nina is shocked and scared as she listens. Victor returns the pieces to the save and leaves the house to go
2: back to the school. You know, it shouldn't have made me laugh this hard, but when Victor answers the phone, he straight up gives his full like full name. <laughs> like Victor wrote and Mar, and I'm like, sir. <laughs> who's gonna be calling you that you need to give them your full name? Is,
1: like this missing not know who you are. So at the school, Mr. Winkler worries about, over Nina not being there, she will be on soon. He says that this is totally unprofessional and then instructs Fabian to go find her. He gets Amber, Alfie, and Jerome to stall the audience until Nina comes back. <laughs> and then Amber's like, oh, now you want me?
2: <laughs> I love her. Amber is an icon. Truly. Truly.
1: With Victor gone, Nina correctly types in the password to the safe and steals the puzzle pieces. And then the camel and cactus are dancing on stage, and Mick asks Mara, do you want to go out with me or not? Mara explains that she does, and is going to say why she can't, but Mick just says, I don't want any butts. Maybe in this scene is like I'm getting less handsome by the second, which is funny, but also not true. Bobby Lockwood has only gotten much more handsome with age.
0: Yes, he truly has aged <laughs> like fine wine. Um, anyway, <laughs> so uh, my ship is thriving. Well, I I shouldn't say thriving, but <laughs>
1: thriving.
0: if we ignored the whole. Scandal part. They're thriving right now. (laughs)
1: They're (laughs) thriving if you ignore
0: Barbara. Mick's just so freaking cute. The way he's like oh, he's like so excited to date her. I like it's just he's so fun to watch. Um yeah, that's me and my feels. Mikara Power Hour.
1: (laughs) Nikara Power Hour, we're just ignoring the whole Barbus Robinson photos. We pretend we do not see we here. pretend we
0: do not see it. Doesn't...
1: And this plot never happened. No. <laughs> then Fabian is about to tell Jason what Nina has actually been up to. And when she arrives back at school. Oh, he's about to tell Jason. And then Nina gets back right in the nick of time. And then Fabian tells Nina that she he was really worried about her and hugs her. And then Jason tells her she has three seconds to get on stage.
2: Um, Fabina out here making points. And they so are.
1: They're cute. But baby's head is like kind of on her boob. Baby and Ross, <laughs> <laughs> he like hugs like
0: really <laughs> weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he put his head on her chest and for a while.
0: He's just starting to make the move, you know. He's like ready to cross that, cross that bridge of friends.
1: Right in front of Jason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jason's really well, I'm not. You know, Jason.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jason's cock all the students. Today. <laughs> and Mar were trying to make out, and he was like, hey. And then Fabian was trying to, like, hug Nina really weirdly, and he was like, Nina, get on stage now. Jason said, only I can flirt with the students, not you guys can't flirt with each other. (laughs) No. Nina tells Fabian and Patricia that Victor is going to eliminate someone in the audience tonight, but before she gets a chance to explain, Jason makes her go on stage. Patricia assumes he's going to kill Joy. R.I.P. Joy. (laughs) Then we see Victor and Mr. Sweet in the back of the audience pointing. In a close-up of Rufus, on stage, Sally's parents return home. Anubis orders the Raven to kill them, and Mara says that since she can't see, since she can see the Raven, she knows her end is near. They kiss and then die. Anubis says the curse of Anubis has come true and rewards the Raven with a gift—a bottle. Anubis says that whoever follows the instructions will receive the gift of eternal life. Patricia looks into the audience at Mr. Sweet and Victor as she says the line. The Raven drinks the elixir of life, but cannot breathe, and his soul is taken by Anubis. Sally sees her dead parents and tells Anubis she knows Anubis is behind this.
2: Okay, this play is really sad. Also, Patricia's <laughs> evil laugh as Anubis is just <laughs> my girl. She just looked like
0: she was just there to vibe. She really is. She did great though. She's a great Anubis. Um. Also. We have another Fabian and Mara interacting moment, kind of. Um, when Fabian, uh, uh, or what is it? Whatever the character, Vic, what's Vincent? Vincent is the name. Vincent slash Raven uh, goes to kill uh, whatever Mara's character name is. They kind of there's a shot of just the two of them. So there's, you know, maybe in guys <laughs> meant to be, maybe in hell. But also just in general, this whole play, like this is very gutsy of them, like. The story, and, and you know, that was the point, was it for them to get, like, a rise out of them. But they just, like, were really on the nose with, like, bringing up the Elixir of Life, too. Because at that point, like, a lot of it, you could be like, oh, yeah, we made this up. But, like, kind of maybe inspired by the, the owners of Anubis' house. But as soon as you start talking about the Elixir of Life, it's like, okay, like, what are y'all up to? Like, <laughs> that's very specific.
1: Straight up playing Victor with a pet Corvier. And then they're like, oh, yeah, a Victor Corvier has the Elixir of Life. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so they're just, I don't know. I would be the person that's like, guys, we shouldn't do it. Like, no, like, we're gonna get in trouble. We, we can't do it.
1: If I'm in the audience, I'm like, what is this play? Right? <laughs> like, this play is, like is this Nina girl okay? Like, they're like, this student wrote this play. They all get cursed. They all die. <laughs> and the um, end of the play is just, like, this little girl's an orphan. Great play. Amazing.
0: Well, I guess, like, maybe they could link this to the fact that Nina is an orphan.
2: Ooh. Uh-oh. Things we forget about. Oh, yeah. Also, so the play was literally just them straight up roasting Victor.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's like letting Victor they know everything about his schemes. Yep. Patricia tells Amber that Sweet and Victor are standing in the back, plotting to kill her. Amber says, flying to kill who? On stage, Sally gives a closing monologue about the curse of the changing her life. As the cast of the play bows to the audience after it's end, Joy stands up as she claps causes her hood to fall down, exposing the back of her head. Victor points this out to Mr. Sweet, and Patricia notices, and shouts at Joy to run. Joy does so, running onto the stage and past the actors, and Rufus tries to grab her, but she gets away, running into the hallway. Victor runs after her, and Mr. Sweet tries to stop Rufus from leaving, but he pushes him aside. I wrote Mr. Sweet also falls on Trudy and Ada at this moment.
0: This scene is just so dramatic, but it was so fun to watch. I was like, there's so much happening. So much? I was having a great time.
1: As Mr. Sneak gets up and thanks Mrs. Andrews, Rufus comes back and pushes past the cast of the play, grabbing Patricia and ordering her to meet him at the bike sheds in half an hour. Jerome asks, Who was that creep? And Mrs. Andrews looks concerned. There's just so much chaos going on
2: right now. Chaos, I love it. Bad vibes, bad vibes.
1: Very bad vibes. Where's Willow when you meet her? Mr. Sweet attempts to pass him off as an over-enthusiastic member of the audience. The curtain closes. How? This over enthusiastic audience member just like threatened a student on stage in front of everyone.
2: We love to see it.
1: And then Fabian you know, asks Patricia where she's going and she says she's going to find Joy. She shoves her staff at Jason and he chases after her.
2: Um, sorry, playlisted affairs.
1: Jerome says it's to Alfie, still in the camel head, that there's more drama here than in the play, but Alfie didn't hear anything through the costume. <laughs> LOL at Alfie managing to miss all of that. <laughs> Like, that camel head is thick. Apparently. Joy's hiding in the classroom. Initially, she thinks she has successfully concealed herself, but Victor is too smart for her and enters the room through the back door. He calls her a silly, silly girl, but she only responds with, I want to see Patricia.
2: When she's running into the classroom, there's like a close up of the door and it just says, Classroom. Thank you. I had no idea.
0: (laughs) Thank you, sign maker. I needed that.
1: He says that that is out of the question. She tries to escape, but is stopped by Mrs. Andrews. Victor says it's time to disappear again chosen one. Joy shouts I don't want to be the chosen one. Don't you hear? I don't want it. Victor explains that the choice is not hers. Poor Joy.
2: Um. So I don't know how many weeks ago it was that I had like that moment of clarity that they were like trying to protect Joy from like, Rufus. Like trying to hide her from Rufus. If we remember that. But um, yes. I really hate that because like seeing the scene because they actually like, they are trying to protect her. And it hurts, but, like, it doesn't mean they're going about it the right way, but, like, ow, It hurts. My feelings. She does not
0: deserve it.
1: They're trying to protect her, but it's, like, also really shitty for Joy, because she's just, like, forced into the situation she obviously, like, hates. And she just, like, yeah. be at school.
2: I also i've just put lastly side eye emoji here because if you know you know and i really hope y'all listening know
1: and then they hear patricia searching for joy and mrs andrew ends this part of the episode by threatening joy with if you value patricia's safety you must keep quiet putting a finger to her lips.
2: oh i had this note in my um commentary notes that I, when i was transferring and i just couldn't figure out where it went but i was like how do the teachers who get creepily close to the students how are they not the ones not getting fired Because there's, like, all of them in this episode alone.
0: Like, Miss Robinson is the least deserving of all of this drama. So. Yeah. um, Also in this whole scene, I noticed that Joy has a ton of piercings. Like, she's got, like, I don't, I'm, I don't know anything about piercings, but she has, like, five or six, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it looked really cool on her, but then we, I don't think we see that again, no. you know, like, once we get to season two or season three. So I'm guessing it's just, like, Clarissa that has those piercings, and she just, like, got to leave them in,
2: which was cool. But that yeah, is. that was my observation. <laughs> That's true. Yeah,
1: we never see Joy
2: with piercings ever. Again. Well, it is a prestigious private school. They were not even supposed to wear bracelets. Some of they like... True. Or amulets, Single piercings and only. I
1: mean, joy is at home, so...
2: They enforced that jewelry rule so sporadically.
1: Yeah, they're like, if I feel like telling you you can't wear jewelry, you can't wear jewelry today.
0: At least um, Joy wasn't, like, at school, you know, like she had left the school at that point so she's like, I can do whatever I want. Maybe that was her
2: rebelling against her dad. She was like, dad, I'm gonna go get 700 piercings.
1: You kidnapped me? I'm gonna screw back. Do I look so different in season one that she does in season two or season three? I don't
2: think she does. She's one of the oldest cast one of the older cast members and she always looks like the baby. I think, especially like in season one.
1: Yeah. She
2: looks like a baby. She does look like a baby in season and one.
1: I think they like style her, like do her makeup different or and her hair different in season one. And I don't know, it's just because Joy's not around that much.
2: Maybe. I know, like, yeah, I think she got like better. Okay, that brings up the question. Are she, so if she and Nina are July babies, are they like the youngest of their group or the oldest of their group? So, I
0: think, I always assumed that, like, watching this, that these kids were all, like, in my grade, and because Joy and Nina were both 95 babies, and I'm December 94, so I think they'd be, like, on the younger end if they were July
2: 95. I I'm September, and I'm always, like, was always, like, the youngest, because I'm, like, right at the cutoff age. So I was, and like, I was
0: considered oldest, because I was December. Same! Yeah. How so, fun. I think they're, like... I guess it depends on UK cutoff days, but I would... I always assumed they were, like, my grade and they were on the younger side.
1: I want to know how Nina's credits transferred from a US school to a UK school.
0: I think about
2: that. Questions we'll never know.
0: Because there was, like... <laughs> In, it was in 2012. There was like a hot second where my dad got a job offer to move to London. So we all would have had to move to London and I was like, what would have happened? I would have I had to finish my senior year in England. <laughs> you and been I don't wrong. know how that would have worked. I would have been living because I would have been like all in my house Vanuva's BS. You like, oh dying. my god, I live in the UK. <laughs> I've
1: read <it> from America. <laughs> yeah. so I'm here.
0: Yeah, but my parents were like, now nah, we're not dropping everything and going to the UK, which is was probably for the better. But <laughs> I think about that a lot.
1: That was- so
0: interesting. <laughs> yeah, like I, I still think about it, even like eight years later. Interesting.
1: And now for a word from our sponsor. After the play has finished, at the cast party, Jerome attempts to flirt with a girl named Chelsea, who he says is Gary's older sister. He says that Gary lost out in the gene pool. He is unimpressed when he calls himself the star, saying he was half the camel. He says that he was the better half. He lies to her and tells her that he is the writer of the play, saying that Nina Martin is his pen name. Chelsea sees right through him, especially after Trudy calls. for the real Nina.
0: Jerome, please stop flirting with girls that don't want to be
2: flirted with. Thank you.
1: And that she's closer to his age than the teachers.
2: That is true. He I he made the note earlier before I saw y'all's notes that I'm proud of Jerome for hitting on girls closer to his age, even if they are still older. But even <laughs> hitting on the older ladies just confirms that Jerome continues to have a mommy kink, which maybe. Maybe, maybe Nina and Joy are the oldest in their class. <laughs> Gotta get my Jerome mommy kink proof in somewhere.
1: Alfie comes up and tells Jerome that he could tell how much Chelsea liked Jerome by how fast she backed away. Jerome <laughs> says that he is well in there.
0: <laughs> what does
1: that mean? <laughs> it's a British phrase for like, she totally likes me. <laughs> Jerome asks Alfie why he's in his school uniform and Alfie says that his parents are wrong well, so he needs to look smart. Jerome says that he's the only person in uniform and Alfie says his parents respect him for that. Jerome says you're weird and Alfie says, I know, smiling.
0: So, believe it or not, guys, I'm bringing up our weekly Piper content today. (laughs) This is just, like, more proof for why Pifey would have been great. Alfie clearly has parents with high expectations, and we know Piper has parents with high expectations, so they could have bonded over that. And it would have brought them together. And that also just makes the I recognize your talent thing so much sweeter.
1: Yeah, I wrote this kind of parallel here to that Pipey scene, which is, I think, the I recognize your talent scene. With Alfie being happy, he's weird. Whereas in that scene, Piper tells Alfie that she likes him because he's not cool. They're so good. Again, I think so compatible and I really don't understand why they gave us that shit for like three episodes and like for what?
0: I know. It wasn't fair. (laughs) Really?
2: Piper power hour. Activate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, Nina explains to Fabian about Victor's other puzzle piece, saying that he thought it was the only one, and she begins to think that maybe the puzzle pieces are more than clues.
2: I noted it three times, but I'm making my official note here that Nina's outfit in the scene, though deaf early 2010s is not a look.
1: I said that cami Argyle print look <laughs> and shirt and skirt combo.
2: <laughs> I totally would have wore that in like
0: 2010, 2011 though, so like... <laughs> Wasn't she wearing leggings too?
1: That's peak early 2010s. There. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think she
0: had leggings on, thank god. That would have been
2: oh, worse. Yeah, but like the crop off knee le- like like crop below the knee like. <laughs> about... I can go Photoshop some on so we can really just complete oh, the oh look. My god.
0: Okay, wait, wait, but she had like wait, wait. Converse on or something, right?
2: Like, yeah. Oh man, okay, that, that's something
0: I totally would have wore. I was like, I always rocked this like black flare skirt with T-shirts and Converse. I thought it was so cool. <laughs>
1: okay, so when Fabian tells Nina that Victor will go ballistic when he realizes they're gone, Nina says he might already be because of the play. Patricia so comes up to them saying, "I've looked everywhere for Joy. What if Victor caught her and murdered her?" Nina tries to calm her down by saying that they don't know that Victor was talking about Joy, and Fabian chips in with. Maybe he met Rufus, which Patricia says is gonna make her start taking this personally. This all reminds Patricia that she was meant to be meeting Rufus and she rushes off, much to Fabian's protest I said for Patricia.
2: T V H my girl is lucky she did not get murdered in season one. Really?
1: <laughs> lucky that this is a Nickelodeon show so she couldn't die tour
2: You're not safe on a Nickelodeon show. Also, Joy.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> let people die if they came back to the life. So we cut to the cast party again, and Mick and Mara are sitting very close to each other in a window. They both said that it feels a bit weird, but seem happy about
2: it. Um, not to now, um, trade- we're all trading roles this week. I'm the one <laughs> to mention that Mick and Mara made some points in this scene. Yes,
0: they did. They make a lot of points. All, all the time. <laughs>
1: to tell Mick about the picture she misleadingly took of him and Miss Robinson he interrupts her by saying I'm so glad you're back Mara says that she hasn't been anywhere and Mick explains that he means the real Mara is back she says that he never seems to notice real Mara and he admits that he was in denial Mara is about to explain that she was very she was getting jealous of Mick's relationship with Miss Robinson but Mr. Winkler comes up to them and says that Mr. Sweet is waiting in his office for Mick
2: Okay, hey, so I realized halfway through this, Bar kept trying to come clean to Mick, but you think, like, the second she realized she, like, messed up, wouldn't she, like, go talk to Mr. Sweet? Like, would he not be the first person she'd want to talk to? And then Mick?
0: I think she wants to, like, make sure Mick hears it from her, if that makes sense.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you think she'd be like, hey, I need to- I need to talk to you, but I need to talk to Mr. Sweet first.
0: That's fair, because then, like, Mr. Sweet could, like... I think if, like, she just she changed her mind, like, before all of this went down, like, she sent the email and was like, shit, then it would make sense to talk to Mr. Sweet, but, like, since Mick already knew. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why she's talking to Mick first. But, yeah, like, I see what you mean, because, like, Mick can't do anything about it, but Mr. Sweet can,
2: so. I still, like, think like, the girl, the girl doesn't get brain cells again this week. No, she does not. But I really wish the show would have been, like, had her go, like, okay, I'm gonna talk to Mr. Sweet and then, like, just had it so she couldn't talk to Mr. Sweet, like, he's off to doing, dealing with the Rufus drama or whatever, so she can't get a hold of him. And then she goes to try to talk to Mick first, and that would have made more sense in this setting. I'm sorry. I'm getting really heated about this. <laughs> is this why I don't like... Is this, this entire arc why I don't actually like Mara that much? Is it this arc? Maybe. This is, like, some points against Mara, I would say.
1: I pretend I do not
2: see. It's, like, Same. really bad, too. And I don't know if that's, like... It's just care for me.
0: It's interesting, though, because despite this, like, whole arc, when I look back at my old tweets from when I, like when season two hadn't even come out yet, so it was just season one, I was like, Mara's my favorite character.
2: So, (laughs) I just was really like, nothing to see here. A character, I just, I don't know. It's like, I don't like Jerome either. Actually, I don't like Jerome because people like to act like Jerome is, like, an innocent baby who's never done anything wrong in his life, and that just irks me. He is a trash man. And when you treat him like a trash man, then he's okay. I forget what... I tweeted grace and i said you're the only jerome's fan i trust and she goes he is i would kill him but like he is my favorite and i was like thank you grace
1: jerome's like a problematic fave like i like him but also like bro
2: i think he's likable because he's
0: interesting he's got some interesting storylines yeah. even though some of them are problematic yeah
1: mara does some like shit though in this arc and also in season two with that whole let me like write this whole article trying to ruin another person's career you should have learned the first time, Mara.
0: Well at least that time it's kind of Miss Andrew's fault. Yeah. She was like provoked.
1: I mean I still like Mara. I still don't like them all, but like some of them do some fucked up shit.
0: They Honestly no. at
1: <laughs> Like I love them all and I think they all have great character development, but like oh like sometimes I'm just like, oh
2: <laughs> I mean for the sure, short yeah, yeah just gets herself kidnapped later on this episode, so like my faves aren't even safe.
1: I mean, my
2: favorite is Alfie. Alfie did nothing wrong. Joy, though, did some Oh, Joy, though. <laughs> I know
0: Joy's like one of my favorites, and she does a lot of <laughs> messed up stuff, <laughs> but I still love her. <laughs> yeah, like all of my favorites are a little problematic. Like Mick, Mick just gets angry, and then like we'll get to it in season one, like the voting thing, that was bad. Um, you know what I Mara.
2: Joy and Nina, like, we're starting to get along at the end of season two. But because Nat left the show, we never got to see them, like, actually be friends, which makes me very sad because I would have actually really enjoyed a season, like, three of that love triangle.
0: Because, you know, there would have been a new love triangle. The Nettie love triangle. What? <laughs> oh, to you!
1: They really want to try Oh like, a Fabian Patricia and Nettie love
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, because that's how the Fabian Patricia stuff could have
2: played in. Okay, it really would have been that, been like that though. But I like I I think the endgame ship still would have been Fabina and Petty. I just think it would have been very baby, sure Patricia, Nina, Eddie
1: love square in season three. And I'm actually kind of glad they didn't, but that would have been entertaining. I would have been so entertained.
0: I would have been entertaining,
1: but so chaotic. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs>
2: it's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. I see. Here's the other thing I would have maybe like liked is if. Patricia and Eddie had still broken up, but Nina came back because, like, Patricia broke up with Eddie because she was jealous of like, relationship with Nina, but it really wasn't, like, anything because she's still with Fabian, but then like, Nina and Fabian have another one of their good, good miscommunication things, and they, like, decide to, like, (gasps) fake dating Nettie to make Fabian and Patricia jealous. Yes! Oh my god, I would have loved that! And then somehow, like, Patricia and Eddie end up, like, On a Sabuna mission together They end up like locked in a room together And he's like I'm just dating her to make you jealous And she's like I'm just dating Fabian to make you jealous And they get back together And then Eddie's like so our fake relationship is off Go talk to Fabian Solved it, fixed it, perfect, great, got it Someone write it Because
0: then there would have been some really fun like Awkward roommate situations with Fabian and Eddie too That would have been really funny Like them dating each other like Fake dating each other's exes but they didn't know it's fake dating And like
2: (laughs) I'm gonna write this but I have to it's gotta be. It's gotta be at least three chapters, or probably longer. And I don't know if I can commit to a multi chapter in the year of the Lord of Our Savior twenty twenty, mm-hmm. not unless my state goes into lockdown again.
1: I have no idea what I'm gonna keep for the for this episode. <laughs> We're really <left>
2: <laughs> Okay, track. wait. Go back.
0: Let's go back on track. Nick
1: says, "Tamara, I can take whatever punishment he gives me. I don't care anymore." He kisses her. And then leaves, but Mara unsuccessfully tries to stop him. He goes off telling her to tell him later.
0: First of all, I would once again like to thank the writers for giving me so many Mick Mara kisses. Like, they are constantly- they just- I was blessed. What a what an OTP. Um, also, the song play in this scene, to me, is just their song. Like, anytime I hear it, I'm like, this is the Mick and Mara song. And then Mick is just really pure in this whole- Ordeal like the way he I don't know, I just like love the way he treats Mara once they like finally are together. He's so sweet to her. And it sucks that Mara's about to break his heart in a couple minutes. He doesn't deserve it. Rahul.
1: Amber watches this interaction and looks upset. Mr. Winkler asks her if she's sad because he cut her canary scene, but she replies to this, yeah, Mr. Winkler, I'm really upset. I didn't get to make a fool of myself. Flying around like a lump of custard with a bee.
2: I just put Amber and then a bunch of sad faces.
1: I'm sad for Amber, but yeah, Jason here is like, I'm sure you would pull off any costume, sir.
2: I literally was in the middle of typing. Wow, look, Jason having a normal student teacher relationship, right when he said, "I'm sure you would look great and any co- could pull off any costume." And I immediately was like, "God, <laughs> do you know that that TikTok audio?" and I'm not going to say it because I don't believe in swearing, Annie. Family-friendly podcast, but that gosh dang it, Dave! One that was like the original. Gosh dangity, yeah, dang it, was, Dave! It was literally my <laughs> brain just went into that TikTok audio.
0: Yeah, Siri, play at Affairs* once again. Miss Robinson at this very
1: moment is getting fired for having an inappropriate relationship with story. <laughs> <laughs> Richards,
2: the Siri. Meanwhile, Jason, like sixteen-year-old, and she could pull off any costume. And I'm sure the writers didn't actually intend for it to be this bad, but like.
0: Once again, they shouldn't have hired a 26-year-old to play their teacher.
2: I don't- maybe, like, a, f- a female teacher telling Amber she would have looked great in any costume that age I would have been like, okay, you know, supportive, sisterhood.
1: Okay, any male teacher saying that type of thing to Amber was like, a 15, 16-year-old, though, even if he was older, that's just why. That's, that's true.
0: Odd. It almost would get worse if he was older, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so then, Patricia meets Rufus. She explains that she was late because she was looking for joy. He asks if she found her, but Patricia says No. Saying that she was hoping that Joy might be with Rufus. She asked if he knew she was going to be at the play, and he says he had arranged to meet her there, but it failed to go as planned because Victor spotted her. The Truthus says she saw him chasing her and asked if he thinks they caught her. He says, Let's hope not. He then proceeds to ask her how she spotted Joy and Leon Okay, so like how did Rufus get in contact with Joy to arrange this whole situation?
0: <laughs> He's lying.
1: Okay, but how did Joy get there? That's the real
2: question
0: that yeah I don't know how Joy got there but I think Rufus just happened to be there
2: the teachers didn't want Joy to be there
0: I wonder if Joy like snuck over
2: she would have had to sneak out of the house I actually firmly believe she didn't live live that far from the school for one thing because
0: she was definitely trying to be secretive because the way she was dressed maybe she did sneak over
2: she could have in theory snuck out of her house and then walk well her dad's in the society so maybe like Victor had something to her dad and like she'd overheard maybe she snuck out of the house for the night she probably would have had to walk a little bit and then maybe called a taxi
1: with her dad like yo the kids are making a play this night
0: it could have been like oh i don't know if she had access to the internet but they could the school could have like posted it online or something too like
1: joy also sent that letter to patricia didn't she or did rufus send that letter to patricia joy did did. so how did joy manage to know that patricia needed to get a letter
2: He could have snuck like out of the house to do this stuff. You don't have to, like, mail a letter during the day. Drop a letter off at the post box at, like, 2 a.m.
1: Patricia shows Rufus the coded message in the card and asks if he knew to which he says he did. But he's very obviously lying at this point. She tells him where the clearing is. Patricia. No. Anyway. Rufus says that they cannot let them get their hands on Joy. Patricia says that she knows that, but questions if they already have their hands on Joy. Rufus tells her that he is certain Joy is okay. He tells Patricia to meet him at the clearing, where Joy says meet in an hour. She goes to the house to sign out.
0: Patricia, stop talking. You're, like, (laughs) ugh. It's just no brain cells for Patricia today. I know she trusts Rufus still, but, like, she's just literally being like, this is Joy's letter. This is where, what time she's gonna meet me. This is the exact location of the clearing she's talking about. Like, ugh
1: like, has no proof that he knows the things or, like, anything about what he says he is, and she's just like, yes, I believe you. I'll tell you everything.
2: I said, I think that's what it used to come down to, is that she just wants somebody who believes her, and that's why she just is kind of willing to, like, maybe not listen to the voice of reason in the back of her head that says, maybe don't do this.
1: So, at the house, Trudy and Aid walk in being flirty. He says that he has indigestion, so she says she'll heat up some homemade hot pot that she has in the fridge. Patricia lies to Trudy, telling her that her aunt and uncle were at the school play and that they're going to take her out to dinner. She says she might be staying at their house overnight, and Trudy says as long as she's back for school the next day, it's fine. Trudy asks if anyone wants to come in for tea, but Patricia brushes her off and leaves. And then Aid says, you know the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, and Trudy says she didn't know that.
2: Okay, but why were they having to play on a school night?
1: Why were they doing anything on a school so at the cast party, Fabian says he's worried about Patricia and that they should have stopped her. And Nina says there's no stopping Patricia once her mind is on something.
2: I just made the note Fabisha? Well. Patricia. Well, I don't know what the ship name is. <laughs> Question mark? I,
0: I actually lied when I said I ship everything and anything on House Nubis. That is one I just can't get behind.
1: <laughs> Victor and Ms. Andrews tell Mr. Winkler about the subject of the play and its connection to the history of the secret society. He guesses that it was Nina, Fabian, and Patricia who came up with the idea for the play. Mr. Winkler tries to say that it was Amber who came up with the idea. Victor scoffs at that, and Mr. Winkler eventually agrees that Nina and Fabian researched and wrote the play. Victor says that Amber doesn't have two brain cells to rub together, so he'd be really good at hosting this podcast. He would be. <laughs> no brain cells.
2: I forgot to actually include this in my notes, but like the posters literally say the play was written by Nina Martin, so like, bro. <laughs>
1: I mean, it was Amber's idea. Amber just dipped out of writing any of it and then proceeded to, try to play Boring.
2: <laughs> also, Jason looked so proud of, like, the students and, like, the play, and then, like, Victor was pissed, so then Jason looked, like, all upset.
1: Poor, poor Jason. I said Jason said Amber's a lot smarter than she appears, so he really does stick up for his students, and he really was proud of them despite his inappropriate relationships.
2: Sorry, play yeah. Playlisten Affairs by Taylor Swift. Yeah. He
0: is a good, like, when he's not being weird, he is a good teacher, I feel like, so.
1: Yeah. So Nina notices Victor staring at her and worries that he knows they've taken the puzzle pieces. Fabian reassures her by saying that he can't know since he hasn't been back in the house yet. Fabian says, I think that it's just his usual. Like I said, this episode is just of roasting Victor for 20 minutes straight.
2: <laughs> house of, we roast Victor.
1: Also, I, yeah, Nina and Fabian not realize that, like, Victor is just salty because, you know, they spent the whole play roasting him and straight up called them out for the fact that they know everything about the whole mystery and the secret society and the elixir of life. Like, that's why Victor is staring at y'all. You literally, like, made this whole play, like, exposing <laughs> him. Mick arrives at Mr. Sweet's office and tells him that none of it is true and gives the pictures back. Mr. Sweet said that Miss Robinson shouldn't have given him the pictures, but Mick defends her, saying that she has the right to give him the pictures because they were pictures of him and her taken by, quote unquote, some sick individual.
2: They really don't look that bad. I just, ugh, this arc is a mess.
1: Mara comes in saying that Mick can't be expelled nor can Miss Robinson be fired. She admits to taking the photo saying, I made them look more than they really were. Mick demands why she would do that. She says it was because she was angry and jealous and she tried to tell him and then he says that it was sick.
0: Like, I'm proud of Mara for coming out and telling the truth and, like, she definitely was trying for a while. But then also low-key, though, like, do we think... Mick would have still asked her out if this whole thing didn't happen because like he seemed to be pressured it was like suddenly as soon as he's like oh shit I'm getting expelled I do like Mara and now I can't be with her like that almost like propelled him to tell like realize his feelings so not to say that her actions were justified but in a way they kind of ended up getting rewarded because she got Mick because of them and like he may not have like realized as soon as he did that he liked her had all of this not happened
1: yeah I think he wouldn't like Realized eventually and asked her out eventually, but he did seem to feel like he had like some type of time limit, like time yeah. pressure on him because he felt like he wasn't gonna be able to like have that chance anymore if he got expelled. But like I have
2: to. Yeah. Also, damn, what a short-lived relationship that was.
1: Truly. Really? Five minutes. Like, ten whole minutes.
2: <laughs> That's a record. That's some speed shit.
1: Victor enters his safe and sees the puzzle pieces are gone. He screams, No. No! I said this to me all 2020. <laughs> <That> <laughs> mood. Rufus and Patricia are waiting in his car in the clearing for Joy, who is already 20 minutes late. Rufus asks if she is coming, and Patricia says she doesn't know, and that they might have caught her. Rufus gets very angry very quickly.
0: Patricia, why are we getting in vans with strange men
2: at night?
1: She, like, super trusts Rufus and thinks that they're gonna find Joy.
2: Ugh. <sighs> this fool
1: nina calls patricia and asks her if she's okay rufus wants to know if it's joy on the phone patricia tells nina she's fine and that she's waiting for joy with rufus rufus snatches her phone at the mention of his name and disconnects the call he shouts at patricia saying that she shouldn't have mentioned his true name because everyone else calls him renee nina gets worried and Fabian tells her about the coded message rufus locks patricia in his car and drives off as patricia's like telling him to let her out of the
2: car. I am once again uncomfy. I am also once again uncomfy. And then I put, can you put getting kidnapped and not murdered on a resume? I don't
1: know. Okay, that is the end of our episode. It is now time to award the brain cell of the Week. Damn, I don't know. I don't think
2: anyone gets it this week. (laughs) I want to give it to Fabian for being the only one worried about Patricia. Okay.
1: For the third week in a row, the only person that's a not complete idiot. I guess Nina was okay this episode-ish. I
0: mean, well, Nina was risky, and she did what she needed to do to get those puzzle pieces. I would not say she had the brain cell for it, though, because she
1: was- Yeah, I mean, managed to hide without Victor finding her. However, Victor is dumb and somehow can't see her two feet away from him, so I don't- Yeah. She did get the- she did get the password and get the puzzle pieces. True. So Nina gets props for that, but yeah, I would agree with Emily that Fabian, for being the only person worried about Patricia in the situation, is the only one with the brain cell. Patricia definitely did not get the brain cell. Laura no. didn't get the brain cell. Is Mick in the running for the brain cell? I-, I would give Mick points.
0: Mick for finally realizing um, he should date Mara gets the brain
1: yeah, cell. <laughs> Mick, Mick for, like, telling Mr. Sweet that he shouldn't get expelled.
0: Standing up for himself and standing up for Miss Robinson.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: Mara for realizing she was dumb. Like, I don't <laughs> want to give her the brain cell because she was dumb, but at least she's realizing it.
1: probably think she's dumb, so she's, like, she lost it from being allowed to get a brain cell.
2: <laughs> yeah. When you get a brain cell because you realize you were wrong, but you lose the brain cell because you're dumb. Chip of the week. Oh, I just wrote Trudy and Aid. They're cute. I would agree. Like, I want to put making and Mara, but they're still
0: being problematic, so I feel like I, even though I want to, I... I know I can't.
1: Nick and Mara got together, but then they broke up five minutes later. So um, Yeah,
0: so Trudy and Aid, it is, because they're adorable.
1: Trudy and Aide's cute. I wish that continued on being a thing.
0: Yeah, that's my favorite Trudy ship.
1: And in cast news...
0: Kasey got married! It's so exciting!
1: It does very exciting. The pictures are so cute. Jane and Nikita were there, which makes me very
2: happy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she got married in Vegas, which is awesome. Like, What a good way to get married in quarantine. That's so cool.
2: I have one mo- note to make on what Jade and Nikita were wearing, and that is like,
0: Yeah, they're stunning. Taisy looked gorgeous. I just love that. Like, it makes me happy that, like, they were there. Like, they're still friends after all this time. That doesn't happen all the time. You know, like, we're really lucky our cast members are still friends.
1: Yes, congrats to Taisy and Jim for getting married. Uh, yeah.
0: Check out their Instagrams. They've got some cute pictures.
1: So for something fun... We asked people on Instagram to send in questions for us, how's anubis related. So now we're going to answer them. So the first person who sent in a question was Lily, who said, what are your opinions on Jerome and the Black Fit?
0: I mean, I'm always here to thirst over the Anubis boys. So yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm always here for Jerome and the Black Fit. <laughs> Thank you for providing us with that content.
1: Oh, A'Shea1099 asked, what do you think the writers originally had planned for season three? Tears of gold, Nina, etc.
2: Okay, so we literally talked about this last week, but I genuinely think we would have had a similar like Frobisher plot, but we would have found out Nina was Frobisher's great granddaughter. Yeah. Um I think the Tears of Gold would have been more in play than Sinners. Like I think we still would have gotten like something with probably more like Tears of Gold play into Nina finding out she's Frobisher. But yeah. I think we would have I, I genuinely do believe hundred percent we would have found out Nina's a frobisher. hundred percent, yeah.
1: But I wonder because Brad told us that they knew at the end of season two that Natalia was gonna not be there for season three, if they ever had a plans for season three with Nina.
2: Well see, that's the thing that I don't actually think they had originally had plans for season three with her, which means I I wanna know when they scrapped the tears of gold, but but I think Think had she stayed, I think that's what would have happened. I think. Yeah.
1: Also, the end of season two seemed to really imply that tears of gold were gonna be a thing much more. Than right. It ended up being thing. So I wonder at which point maybe like they knew by the end of filming that Natalia wasn't gonna come back, but they didn't know when they finished writing the script.
2: Well, I know Brad also said the reason that they like ended things the way they did in season two is because they didn't know if they were gonna get renewed, so they wanted to like wrap up the Fabina arc, which is why her exit was done. And I'm gonna say sloppy. Yeah. Yeah, it really was sloppy again. Yeah. I think they should have just had a one sided phone call flashback and it would have been... Yeah. been fine. Yeah, you also maybe could have had her film a scene, they like a... never had to see the light of day or like had them film a breakup scene when they wrapped season two just in case, you know, just
0: in case. True, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then the other thing, ship wise, I mean, once again, I will say it, I genuinely think something with Nina and Eddie would have happened. I don't think they would have been end game, but I think. Yeah. There would have been some sort of tension with them. I think like the way we saw Katie and Eddie going on all these Sabuna missions alone. I think it would have been Nina and Eddie doing it in the beginning, just because of their like Osirian chosen one thing. I think what they set up in the beginning, saying like Nina couldn't be there, like because they weren't, they like, couldn't be together. It would cause problems. I I think that was just like jumping the shark because Nat was gone like I don't think that yeah. actually would have been a plot point I think they would have been like leading Sabuna together yeah. and yeah there definitely would have been some sort of like love triangle thing happening and eventually it would be Patty and Fabina end game again I don't think it would have been like a serious thing but yeah. it would have started with them like definitely hanging out in
2: America over the summer and then they get back to school and I yeah. would
1: have <laughs> wanted some America
2: scene I still think Patty would have broken up over the summer because I think Nina w- uh, Patricia would have been jealous of Nina and not wanted to admit it so she would have just been yeah. like bye boy and I think maybe because Fabian couldn't come to America and maybe like because Nina and Eddie are both in America and like are getting closer because of their like whole powers thing. I think they would have come back like to school really close. I, I almost don't think they would have. I don't know if I think they would have done. I think anything... I think there would have been a love triangle, but I don't actually think there would have been anything romantic there. I think a lot of it would have been like. I don't want to say in Fabian's head because I genuinely do believe Patricia would have still dumped Eddie and it would have been because she's jealous. I don't know if I think Fabian would feel the same way. But I also wonder if, like, Patricia would get into, would have gotten into Fabian's head and been like, ooh. Patricia
1: and Fabian us. are just like, something's going on. Like, similar to yeah. how they're conspiring about the summer romance the beginning of season three about, like, with Nina and Eddie both
2: there. I think there would have been some miscommunications, but I think I, I think Patty and Fabina still would have been an endgame.
0: Two, they could have used any potential, like, Nettie, tension, whatever they were drama um to play into the sinners arc because they could have somehow did something to like make nina and eddie like maybe they kiss for the first time or something and they make fabian see so he gets jealous or like and then they get they get fabian on jealousy um or like i don't know i could have seen that like yeah somehow playing into it like them being coupley not necessarily, I don't know how they would like get forced into that, but like okay. co- coerced into that. I don't know.
1: Okay. Dottie H201 asked fandom stories, and that was just the question.
0: Can I tell the Emma Miller story? It's one of my favorite 2012 stories. Once upon a time, it was the year 2012, um, it was summer, we were all getting real hyped because House of Anubis season three was about to start filming. And I think we had just found out officially that Louisa and Allie were going to be on the show. Like, they announced it on Facebook. We all started following them on Twitter. It was super fun. We were all, like, interacting with them. And they would, like, answer our questions and stuff. It was great. And then all of a sudden, this person on Twitter shows up. And her name is Emma Miller. And she's like, hello, world. I'm also going to be on House of Anubis. I'm also a new character. (laughs) And we were all like, great. New character. Cool. So we all start following her and tweeting her. Uh, she didn't say, like, what her character was. And I think we all started speculating based on her pictures that she was going to be, like, Eddie's sister or something. And so we're, like, talking to her all day. And I forgot exactly how someone found out she was fake. I almost wonder if, like, I can't remember if the cast even was, like, we don't know who this is. Like, because someone might have been, like, tweeting one of them and been, like, are you excited to work with Emma Miller? And they were, like, we don't know who this is. So then as soon as she got, like, found out... And everyone realized she was a fake. She just deleted everything. Like, no trace of her. And uh, that was the story of Emma Miller. It all happened in a day in I don't 2012.
2: Know. I in House of Anubis Stan Twitter. Down. I was at a county fair show on cows, but I remember because I followed her and I think I asked her some questions. And I think some people actually got a little weird.
1: I don't remember I rem- this Emma person at all.
0: I remember I, I was at the beach when it was happening. And I was, like, trying not to be on my phone because I was, like, oh, I'm at the beach. But I was, like, I have to know, like you cast member, I was like, I can't miss this.
1: I'm assuming i was around for this, but much like, apparently, how I was interacting with the Mick and Patricia content, a lot of stuff from the fandom over the years has, like, not blown my mind, like, disappear, escaped my mind. Mine, like, it's been a very long time, and I don't really remember a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I don't know why, this is, like, one of the things that's, like, lives rent free in my mind it's I just like remember it so vividly
1: i'm gonna say okay so i remember and i'm not gonna sing because i'm a bad singer but back when um i was very into jamber as a ship i wrote this whole song to the tune of you don't know you're beautiful by one direction about jamber called you don't know you're shippable It's it was a very amazing song it's on tumblr somewhere i believe and <laughs> It was like, Amber, you light up my world like no other. The way <laughs> that you put your hair <laughs> makes my heartbeat yeah. skip. <laughs> Something, and then it's like you don't know your shadow at
2: all. I don't have like any like iconic stories, I guess, or none that I feel comfortable sharing.
0: I guess my last thing i could say is that i i was basically doing the podcast but on youtube in 2012 i used to like make youtube videos of me recapping the episodes as they came out in season two they weren't as exciting as the podcast but those are still on youtube if you want to see baby brenna talking about house of
2: Anubis. does like the fact that i used to make like two house Anubis videos every day count as of fandom story because like, yeah even, like, you are
0: iconic people. musical wheaton
2: yeah <laughs> okay somebody asked do you know where i can see the third season um, we watched it on Amazon Prime. Nick hits. I think Nick hits is also a channel on some other platforms, but that's like the one we use.
1: Also, I oh I don't have season three on iTunes though. So, like I own season one on iTunes because they gave it out for free. That's how
0: I've been watching it.
2: Yeah, season one was actually free on iTunes originally for before season two aired. Um, I paid for season two and season three, so I do own all three seasons. And I also just ordered Touchstone on Raw on DVD. Do not at me.
0: I had to buy *Touchstone Raw* on Prime, so I have it on Prime. Oh,
2: I have it on Prime, <laughs> iTunes, and now the DVD because apparently I have a problem. On brand.
1: Astrologics That's does- Max. I love Lord. That's Max. Astrologix Max, Responded to your question, Sticker. Who do you think had the most chemistry on the show, and which kiss was the
0: best? Um, I think the best kiss is still Jeroy's kiss. Um, yes shortly, f- I mean, I also love Mick and Mara's first kiss, obviously, and I was talking on Twitter, I forgot who I was talking to on Twitter about this, but um,
2: Jerome and Willow's oh, first kiss scene is really- actually really good, too. I really like the Petty House of Rainbow's kiss. It makes me feel some sort of, some sort of way.
1: Petty's first kiss is the most iconic thing, because I remember us all just waiting for it. Like, I actually yeah. remember, because that's when I was really into Petty before season three kind of, like, messed it up a little bit. I mean, I still ship Petty, but, like, less aggressively. But, like, in season two, like, I was really into them, and we're all really into them, I remember. And just, like, every single night, us just, like, waiting and being like, I think they're going to kiss, or I think they might kiss today or something. Like, I remember us just waiting
2: for it. Do you ever think about how she kissed him because she couldn't tell him how she felt, or she couldn't deny it anymore, and he can, I don't want to say Ooh. he wore her down, but, like, he didn't know what to say, so she was like, just gonna do the thing that scares me.
1: The first petty kiss. I, was- no, I'm
2: aggressively talking with, yeah. with my arms.
1: In, in the Geroy kiss, I agree. I think probably that Geroy have the most
0: chemistry. Chemistry. I agree. Uh, yeah. Well, it's like I, I feel know. so biased anytime we talk about Mick and Mara. But I think Mick and Mara have really good chemistry because I think Bobby and Tazy had really yeah. good chemistry, and Petty had really good chemistry too. Like, they're wonderful, like enemies to lovers dynamic. Yeah. They're so good.
2: I just did the chef's kiss thing you guys can't
0: see them but they can
1: evan the dead meme said favorite season of house vanubis mine is season two
2: That's i think mine's evan also season two I, mean. <laughs> I think season two writing wise but i'm very soft for season three i like it probably go the softest for season three and i can't explain yeah. it because in theory again okay. I, i've said this before season three is probably their weakest season but for some reason, it's my favorite. I don't understand why. I've tried to figure it out, but I can't. I don't,
1: I'm trying to think. There are reasons that I love all the different seasons. There are different things I like. Season one just feels so classic, and I feel like I'm in a lot of more appreciation for season one doing our rewatch right now. Season mm-hmm. two, I like the mystery the best in season two. I really like the task. Like, that's like a thing that sticks out for me of House of the Noobs, like mystery wise all the tasks and being in the cellar and, like, all that stuff, like, is probably the best mystery. Season 3, I love, and I know I said this earlier, the romantic dynamics, other than Jerome and Joy, iffy, but the friendship dynamics in Season 3 I am obsessed with, and I
2: love a good friendship. The center
0: arc is also, like, awesome.
2: I think one of the things with Season 3 is the, like, mythos behind, like, the mystery plots are so yeah. good. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason. Like, one of the things I fell in love with the show is the mystery. And I actually didn't like the season two mystery the first time I watched it. But, like, in my rewatches, I've been like, you know, like, I still think it's like one of the more weak mythological-wise, the weakest plot that way. But I think the tasks are just so good
0: mm-hmm.
2: and so intriguing. And this is why, if you ever, you could put, you, if you, you asked me to rank the like seasons, you'd have to explain in which way. If you asked me yeah, to rank them by sure. like mystery arc, it'd probably be season three, season one, season two, just because of like the myth, like how the mythos, like the myths came into play for ship dynamics. It would probably I'd almost have to say season two, season yeah. one, season three for overarching dynamics. Season three, season one, season two. Yeah. Again, I could rank this season so many different ways for so many different reasons because I think each season has like it's really really strong points and each season has its really really weak points. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure, I agree with that. But I think, like, I overall associate season two as my favorite also because that was when I was most involved in the fandom. So I also just have, like, really good memories of, like, 2012, getting home from school, logging onto Tumblr. Like, it was just, like, peak fandom for me.
1: Yeah, fandom was kind of great in season two. (laughs) In season two, um, Willis Hedgehog Anubis said, What character would be worse during lockdown? Who would have the most mental breakdowns?
2: I think amber oh i don't maybe. think amber could handle like lockdown i feel like joy might like
0: not handle it well just because of her having to like already be forced into kind of lockdown yeah
2: yeah joy would be like the one who would go outside constantly i think and be outside constantly so like if she was still in lockdown like kind of the U.S. is in october where now the weather is crappy i think she'd be like eh. i think it would depend yeah i want to know how like if we just discuss the ships that were endgame in Touchstone of Raw, how they would be handling quarantine <laughs> together, who would have murdered whom first? Troy. Troy.
0: Troy?
1: I mean, no, I can't say what I'm going to say. Are we, are we being family friendly?
2: Troy would have murdered each other. Oh, I know where you're going.
1: We're, we're mean, like, are we forget? saying that all these ships stay
2: together in this situation? Yeah. Just like, I don't want to go like, what ships do we think would have broke me, you know?
1: I, I mean, I would lose. Think that
2: wealthy would have broken up, and I think that um. Oh, I, I broken would. Broken up? I think Jeroy and Patty are the only two that I think would still could. I see. I go back and forth on Jeroy. I could say they've broken up, and I could also see them still together. But I feel like if they yeah. broke up, they would break up on really good terms, you know?
1: Or like they would break up and like end up getting back together.
2: I could see that too. Watch if they get back together in quarantine because they start texting each other? Oh, that's just oh, yeah. And they find That's out they cute. don't live that far and they've been quarantining so they decide to like hang out at their each other's houses and then they're like
0: yeah
2: so oh, you're my face you're in my bubble you're in my bubble yeah they are
1: <laughs> okay so scarlet x scarlet nicole x said favorite ship from house venuvis and this person is british because i spelled favorite in a british way which is
2: cute in a british way the way <laughs> the i
1: know honey I know.
2: <laughs> um,
0: okay, let's not go. Let's just like rapid fire. Don't No going on tangents. Petty. My top are Jeroy and Makara. Petty and Joyfi.
1: Hi, <laughs> Forever. We know this Alyssa Merrill said Ruthven. Oh, hi, Alyssa. Sankara.
0: I really like Sankara as a villain. Sankara She's really cool. I would agree, Sankara.
1: Yeah, Sankara's cooler. Sankara can curse people, <laughs> Rufus has <says>, kidnap people. <laughs>
0: I know, Rufus is just, like, away.
1: <laughs> well, Alyssa Marrow also asked, if you could take one prop from set, what would it be?
0: I mean, the, the obvious choice is Nina's necklace. I'm trying to yeah. think of something else besides that. It's
1: just, like, iconic. Oh,
0: no, I really want the bracelets that Mick gives. I want, I was, like, I almost made one for myself. Uh, I really want
2: the bracelet.
1: I said the horse for Nina in Amber's room. It's spangle, <laughs> yes.
2: but I have my own thing. Does Patricia's leather jacket count?
1: Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Like, that's a good one.
1: I also would like the the playing cards from all the Pipey pieces.
0: Oh, that's cute too. <laughs> an amulet would be cool also.
1: Oh. Yeah, like an amulet and Nia's necklace are the most like Yeah. Or, like, what if their blazers or, like, their ties? Oh, yeah. Oh, their uniform. Uniform wardrobe pieces.
0: Um, everything, well, not that I would fit into everything Mara wears, because I'm, like, twice her size, but everything Mara wears.
1: <laughs> I, I love Amber's, like, knee-high bow socks.
2: Yes. Those are cute, too. I couldn't pull them off. I've got, I've got thighs. A cat is someone who works outdoors?
1: I don't know. I can't think of any more set pieces.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go mix bracelet. Final answer.
1: Corbeau.
2: <laughs> Louisa really want to take Corbier home, and they wouldn't let her. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's like a little alligator in the living room that Louisa wanted to take home with her. Oh, oh
0: they have a name it. for it too. I forgot what they named it.
2: Louisa really wanted it. I just remember that. Much.
1: I wish Louisa could steal it. Or like any of Eddie's like New York, New Jersey memorabilia. Just because I'm in New Jersey, Eddie, uh, truther.
2: As you should be, because it is the truth. All right, last <laughs> question.
1: Go! Um, who is the next special guest from House Manubis that you would want on the podcast? And that was from JX Miller.
0: Me being very biased would love to talk to Bobby. <laughs> um, I think Taze would be fun too, because I'd love to get, like, kind of her perspective on not being in Sabuna ever and being on the show uh, all that time.
2: Yeah. I just want her reaction to what Brad said about maybe, and um, <laughs> that too. I'm sure they're in the same boat.
1: <laughs> yeah, he um, said they were both like what?
2: See, the problem is my answer is like I think on the like uh super unlikely to happen list, and that's Berkeley. And then on my like more likely to happen list would be Jade.
1: I'd say Alex one because I liked one because Albie is one of my favorites, my favorite, but also because I I love to um because Brad was, like, saying how involved Alex was with the fandom, so I'd love to get to ask him about, like, being involved in, like, fandom stuff.
0: I need to know about a secret Tumblr.
2: Uh, yeah, same. Well, I know his sister had one. She used to be- her blog stuff. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, not often. She would do it occasionally.
1: And I would love Louisa, but I would only sh- never show up with Wolf Led and not actually as her husband.
2: It's okay. We can have a special Wolf Led episode. <laughs> that's bound to happen to us eventually
1: and I'd love to have uh, Nikita on to recap the paper
2: episodes. see truly we could just get Jade and Nikita they could just go I- I together love them to both. I think they live together that'd be fun yeah
1: yes. I think they live together we can have Sprocket the dog on all-
2: <laughs> yeah we could have Sprocket, Jax, Anya and Paya <laughs> and, and I'll go Harley. home and get Harley <laughs> and to get all the dogs
1: the special dog episode <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks for um, questions, that guys. is the end of our episode,
2: everyone. Right? Well, so we've yeah. made it, like literally three and a half hours later. Oh my
1: god! So okay, we
2: started an hour late, so it was two and a half.
1: Um, thank you for listening. We will be back next week. You can follow us on our social media at Anubis Podcast on Twitter, at Anubis Backwards Pod on Instagram, and at Anubis Backwards Pod on TikTok. Also, if you want to send in. Any reactions, questions, comments, concerns with the voice memos, please go to anchor.fm slash Anubis Backwards and you can submit them there. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Sabuna.
0: So much I wanted to say. The way I see it, is there anyone there?
1: Sabuna.